This is an ABC podcast. In the Trump-Russia saga, there's this one guy who seems to pop up at many of the biggest moments. At the centre of all this intrigue is a goofball music promoter. His name? A man by the name of Rob Goldstone. Rob Goldstone. Rob Goldstone. Uh, Rob Goldstone. Rob Goldstone was at the Miss Universe Moscow pageant. To have the Miss Universe pageant in Russia, how great is this? It's very exciting, AJ. We're right smack in the middle of Moscow. Which is where this allegedly happened. Trump at a Ritz-Carlton in Moscow with two prostitutes urinating on his bed? Yes, that. But if that wasn't enough, he was also at the Trump Tower meeting. The meeting, June 9, 2016. Trump Tower in New York blocks from here. It involved Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, Paul Manafort, and several Russians, including a lawyer linked to the Kremlin. In fact, he wasn't just there. He's the guy who set it all up. I'm Matt Bevan, and this is Russia If You're Listening, a podcast that examines the findings and fallout from the Mueller report. Today, how a guy from Manchester ended up in the middle of the biggest political mystery of a generation. Rob Goldstone has spent hours being grilled by Robert Mueller's team. But now the investigation has ended, he's free to talk. Hello. Hello, Rob. Yeah, how are you? Very well. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us. No problem at all. And try and give some answers to the big questions we still have. That's today on Russia If You're Listening. Rob Goldstone has found himself at the centre of events, not because of his job as a music publicist, but because of who he worked for. Look into my eyes I am swaying This song is called Amour. The singer is Azerbaijani pop sensation Emin Agalarov, the son of a Moscow-based property oligarch. And Rob Goldstone became Emin's manager in 2012. Emin, once I started managing him, he we did a single called Amour, and it had a Latin theme to it. He decided that rather than do the same old videos he'd done in the past, which were basically filmed in Russia somewhere, that he needed to sex it up a bit, for want of a better word, and wanted to internationalize it. And I said, um, you know what's weird? I have a friend who used to be Miss Universe. I mean, surely that's the look you're going for. He loved the idea. I spoke to her and she said to me, look, I don't think I can do it, but why don't you speak to the Miss Universe organization? I will connect you and maybe they can help. During the negotiations for that music video, Rob Goldstone says discussion turned to where the next Miss Universe pageant was going to be. We asked if they'd ever thought of any venues, and they mentioned a couple of venues, and one of them was a venue that was owned by Emin. And then he suddenly said, as he'd said on many occasions of different things, let's do it. Like, how do we do it? We don't know, but let's do it. And this is where Donald Trump comes in. See, he was the owner of the Miss Universe pageant. So at some point, no doubt, this family, the Aguilarovs, that are known as the Trumps of Russia, will be working with or meeting with or alongside the actual Trump. Emin was to be the headline act during the pageant, and he and Trump got to know each other. Emin, I can't believe you're turning 35. You're getting older all the time. The negotiations were completed. 
Miss Universe would come to Russia, the Agalarovs would organise everything, Emin would sing, and everyone would be happy. But, as it turned out, Miss Universe in Russia became a giant headache for Donald Trump. So this pageant happened in 2013. You uh, travelled around a little bit with Donald Trump during the weekend it was held, is that right? Mm -hmm. I did. I was with him for most of the, you know, I think other than the hours that he slept, or according to Christopher Steele, he Mm. was, you know, being showered. I was with him. Ah, yes, being showered. Rob Goldstone is referring, of course, to this. It's been barely 24 hours since the story broke and there are more Trump golden shower jokes on the internet than there are golden shower videos. The allegation is that when Trump went to Russia for Miss Universe at one point during the trip, two Russian prostitutes visited his room and did some sort of a golden showers performance for him. And it was taped by Russian intelligence to be used for blackmail purposes. Christopher Steele is the ex-British spy who uncovered that rumour, but he's only about 50% sure the story is true. But what's interesting about Rob Goldstone is he was actually there. He was with Trump for most of that weekend. For all I know, or all I care, he could have been in a constant stream of urine from the minute he landed till the minute he left. But he says there are two reasons why he thinks the P-tape doesn't exist. For one, if it happened, he thinks he would have heard about it. I just think in today's world, where people were quick to sell stories about me, Rob Goldstone, let alone Donald Trump, somebody would have said, no one's ever said anything. And two, there just wasn't enough time. The man flew from the States to Russia, immediately did an event for us, immediately went and changed and did Emin's birthday, went to bed no earlier than maybe 1.30, perhaps even 2am, and at 7am was on site in the same hotel to shoot a music video and looked completely rested. I just believe that somebody who's almost 70 would need to have had some sleep or Mm. would have looked and behaved differently. But as I said on Capitol Hill, so I'll say it to you, for all I know, it doesn't take very long to pee on each other. So anything could happen. But do I believe it happened? No. So Goldstone says the P-tape isn't real. And going by the weight of evidence, he's probably right. But the P-tape and the Miss Universe pageant were minuscule compared to what was coming for Rob Goldstone. And it all began with an email. After the Miss Universe pageant, Rob Goldstone maintained his connections, particularly with Donald Trump Jr., who had also been there in Moscow. In 2016, during the US presidential campaign, Rob Goldstone sent Don Jr. an email on behalf of his Azerbaijani singer client, Emin. From Rob Goldstone to Donald Trump Jr. Subject, Russia, Clinton, private and confidential. I'd like to go through the email line by line and ask you about what you meant by each each part. Mm-hmm. The email is only 137 words long, but it changed Rob Goldstone's life. He and I spent 20 minutes going through it, line by line. The email begins with, Good morning, Emin just called and asked me to contact you with something very interesting. What had Emin asked you to do? He called me that morning and said that a well-connected attorney had met with his father that day and was requesting a meeting with the Trumps, 
because they had some potentially damaging information about the Democrats and their candidate. The reason it's important is because of this. What is Emin's connection with the Russian government? Oh, that's a good question. You should ask Robert Mueller that question, probably, <laughs> rather than me. We don't need to ask Mueller. The Agalarovs are well-connected to Putin. So when people found out they had been in contact with Don Jr. via Rob Goldstone, it was seen as evidence that there really was a connection between Trump and Russia. The next line in the email said Emmons' dad had a meeting with the Crown Prosecutor of Russia, who offered information about Hillary Clinton's dealings with Russia. This started ringing alarm bells. Was it proof that the Kremlin was offering dirt on Hillary? Goldstone says no. I was puffing an email to make Don Jr. pay attention. Goldstone says nobody had told him about any dirt on Hillary Clinton. He just made that up. People ask me all the time, is there something or anything I regret about the email? And there's two things. I regret, obviously, all of it. But I regret in particular, the bit I really believe I I took liberties that weren't right was the Hillary bit. So the fact that there, in fact, was a Russian government, uh, you know, effort to gather information about Hillary Clinton and disseminate that information... The fact that, that did exist at the time that you sent this email is purely coincidental and you knew nothing about that at all. I knew nothing about it. That's a pretty big coincidence. But it's this line of the email that people thought was a smoking gun. This is obviously very high-level and sensitive information, but it is part of Russia and its government support for Mr Trump, helped along by Aris and Emin. Russia and its government support for Mr Trump. Bam. Smoking gun, right? The Russian government was supporting Trump. But Rob says people have drawn the wrong conclusion on that too. He says he just heard some Russians talking about how great Trump would be as president and assumed that the government would be keen to help him out. Was me saying, look, this is another example of Russia and its governments and its people, how much they love your dad. Uh, So what was Don Jr.'s reply to you? He said, "If if it is what you say it is, I love it. If it's what you say, I love it. To many commentators, that line was proof of a conspiracy. And they thought that conspiracy would land Don Jr. in jail. Yeah, jail's nothing to worry about. On your first day there, just walk up to the biggest guy in the yard and say, Hey, Dad! And it isn't just comedians. Steve Bannon, Trump's former chief strategist, called the whole thing treasonous and unpatriotic. After the email, Don Jr. got on the phone with Emin to organise a meeting at Trump Tower. He booked a time and invited Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort to come along and take a look at whatever it was that the Russians had to offer. That must have been an interesting call uh, because it's gone from some, you know, can you meet this, to now suddenly the chairman of the campaign is in this meeting. When Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort met with Russian lawyer Natalia Veselnitskaya at Trump Tower, they were expecting something good. They booked a conference room on the 25th floor. They'd been promised that the Russian government had documents and information to share with them that would be helpful to Trump's campaign. What they got, though, was a pitch on removing Russian sanctions under the Magnitsky Act. Rob Goldstone watched on as this very odd meeting played out. 
my plan was as a publicist and an ex-journalist was look i may not understand what these people are talking about but i do understand body language a bit so if one of them says some smoking gun statement it's going to change it's going to be obvious what happens so i thought i'll keep half an ear out rob says the russian lawyer had nothing interesting to offer so this went on and, and jared kushner who was sat next to me looked extremely fidgety and agitated and almost not wanting to be there rob says when jared kushner said he didn't understand what was happening she pivoted to talking about Russian sanctions and how if America dropped them, Vladimir Putin would stop his ban on Americans adopting Russian babies. This meeting goes on. It wasn't very long. It was about 20 minutes or so. And Don Jr. suddenly said, like, I have to stop you. My father's a private citizen. So all these comments you're making should really be addressed to the Obama administration as they're in power. And they could potentially do something. Thank you all very much for coming. And before you could say any more, I was like, thank you very much. Goodbye. Like, and yeah. herded these people out of there. And that was it. 20 minutes, which Rob Goldstone now describes as some of the most humiliating of his life. Was horrified, hung back, and actually apologised to him and said, Don, I've never been as embarrassed. I have no idea what that meeting... And he just looked at me before I finished. He goes, I just have no idea what that meeting was about. And I said, do you know what it was? It was inane nonsense. Mm-hmm. And we walked out. Yeah. And I called Emin and said, of all the embarrassing things you've ever asked me to do, of which there's many, this was the most embarrassing thing, and I never want to talk about it again. I said, we had a meeting about adoptions. He said to me, what have adoptions got to do with it? And I hung up on him, and I never <laughs> spoke about it again. So Rob Goldstone's story is that the whole thing was a misunderstanding and that he didn't witness any collusion. And Robert Mueller seems to have accepted that version of events as he completed his investigation without recommending charges be laid against Don Jr. Rob Goldstone says he's not surprised. I've said from the very beginning, which is now nearly two years, that if, if my email and that subsequent meeting were a prime example of the sorts of uh, investigative leads that were being looked at as an evidence of collusion or conspiracy, then there would be no collusion. But the second part of it was, and I've said this in a more of a flippant way, if you were going to conspire or collude with anyone, in my opinion, Donald Trump would be the last person you would collude with. He's your friend at 10 o'clock. He hates you by two. He's tweeting about you by five. And everything you've ever said to him is public by midnight. Why would you collude with Donald Trump? Does it surprise you that Donald Trump continues to back Vladimir Putin on most global issues, given that he's been copying so much heat about his relationship with Russia over the last couple of years? I think Donald Trump likes Russia and likes Putin because he believes that Putin and Russia like him. I think Donald Trump likes people who like him. And I think there's no why or wherefore or logic to who he likes or what he likes. There was a profound um, anger, not hatred, but close to hatred, of Hillary Clinton and what that could mean to the Russians in terms of sanctions and their economy. And Donald Trump was seen as the savior. And I think in the same way as he heaped praise on Putin and he talked about him being strong and all that, I think he is flattered by anyone that says anything nice about him. We've seen it time and time again on on things he does. 
Putin has supported him, Russia supports him, and at a time when most of the world, you know, fly images of him as a giant baby in a, in a nappy around, Putin likes him, Russia likes him. So I, I think that's the reason why. I think it's nothing to do with politics. Rob Goldstone, it has been fascinating talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me. A pleasure, Anita. Rob Goldstone has just published a book about this. It's titled Pop Stars, Pageants and Presidents, How an Email Trumped My Life. If you want to hear more from Rob, there's a link to the full interview on our website. The end of the Mueller investigation has got Don Jr. so excited that he's openly talking about one day running for president. I won't rule it out for myself, but first things first, we're going to let him finish up strong. It remains to be seen, though, whether this is the end for Don Jr.'s troubles. It's clear that Congress is going to probe the Trump organisation, which Don Jr. is currently in charge of. And there are still questions about Don Jr., which the Mueller report will hopefully answer. The fact remains that Don Jr. did express a willingness to accept help from the Russian government, even if that help never really existed outside the mind of Rob Goldstone. If someone invites you to rob a bank and you grab your gun and balaclava, but when you get there, it's just an empty warehouse, have you done anything wrong? And there's the mystery of why the Trump Tower meeting happened in the first place. Eman thought there was juicy info, but there wasn't. Was it just a screw-up at the Russian end, or something else? I keep coming back to this comment from the former head of the Moscow branch of the CIA, Dan Hoffman. What I think Vladimir Putin was doing was deliberately leaving a trail of breadcrumbs from Trump Tower to the Kremlin. Frankly, if the media can find something that Russia did, like the meeting at Trump Tower, then it was meant to be found. Well, the media found it, hyperventilated about it for two years, accused people of treason, and yet it seems to have turned out to be nothing. Was that the plan all along? This is Russia If You're Listening. It's produced by Ruby Jones and Will Ockenton. And we're on Mueller Report Watch. We have a date, maybe, and a page count, roughly. We have just learned the Department of Justice expects to release the nearly 400-page-long Mueller Report by mid-April, if not sooner. So subscribe now, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and recommend us to your friends. You can also contact us at russia at abc.net.au. I'm Matt Bevan. Thanks for listening. Hi, Stephen Smiley here. And Angela Wapier, and we are the hosts of The Signal. It's the ABC's daily news podcast where we aim to explain some of the biggest stories in the news with a bit of help from experts and journalists. And, and so far this week, we've examined the federal budget. Just the important bits. We've found out what it's like living on the dole, which in most cases is well below the poverty line. And we've looked at a global territorial fight brewing over one of the most remote and untouched patches of Earth, Antarctica. You can find past episodes of The Signal and subscribe to new ones via the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.